I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! TalkSTL.com Real Spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Films and Architude, this is Real Spoilers episode 350. It's a big, it's a milestone. It's a mild milestone. So we should commemorate it with a box office report. <laughs> yeah. It's a big milestone though, right? I mean, it is. Can we sure. still, as far as milestones go. I suppose. Yeah. So uh, let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Dan. This is Brad. <laughs> this is Kevin. <laughs> and this is Tom. First oh try. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> so. <laughs> the hell was that? Just Ral over. Uh, Forget it. It's not Joey Dylan. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh goodness. So uh, I'm just going to go straight into shameless plugs. How about that? Don't forget, we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. It helps us tremendously. We greatly appreciate it. We also have a Facebook page. You should swing by and uh, click like and join the group at facebook.com slash real spoilers. So, yeah, Brad. Um, yeah, Brad. Join it. I, I'll think about it. Uh, people who were kind enough to share the show this week, Linnea Thunsell, Librarian Cynthia, Julianne Jordan. Ooh, the ladies are just three in a row. Well. I don't want to brag, but... And then let the sausage fest begin. Jason Herndon, <laughs> Timmy Two Soons, Jason Weesey, Chris James, Brent Smith, Chris Sansochi, Travis Tewitt, Chris Sanders, Griffin Fox-Smith, Tammy Sherman Powers, and we're back, baby! We yeah. still got it. Another female. What... <laughs> I'm assuming, Tammy. Yeah. Right, right. Well, You're looking at me like, I, just, like I got it wrong or something. Hey, <laughs> Dan's like, we're back. <laughs> Dan's working on Angry Birds 3 over there. You let him. <laughs> no. When you get to work, do you start right away? <laughs> I, we, we had that conversation before the podcast started. They're not getting that call back. <laughs> Isn't it weird, though, when we Invisible do that sometimes? Callback. Where we're like, wait, can I make a reference to that? Oh, wait. That was <laughs> no. That was before we were, we were recording. No one will know what we were talking about. But it's about. just delightful. It's like solving the uh, Enigma machine from the Da Vinci Code or whatever. You know, where they have to put the pieces together. <laughs> what were they referencing? Yeah, and none of the clues make sense. It's like, you know, they see, like, they're thinking about it, and all these E equals MC squared, and, yeah. like, different formulas are going over their head. <laughs> You're like, sure, that makes sense. That's how I picture them thinking about our jokes anyway. <laughs> I don't think they think about them. Uh, back to show shares. Richard Lawson, Ralph Tribble, who uh, really enjoyed us making fun of his last name last week. <laughs> no, did, did he say anything about I mean, how he do did, you not was, get trouble with Tribbles? I, that's what he was saying. He's yeah. like, oh, great, since the fifth grade. Yeah, I'm like, okay. well, <laughs> sorry, man. They're new jokes to us. <laughs> that's all that matters. Uh, Dustin at Nerds at Night Gaming, Musings of a Cosplay Witch, Zach Bach, Brett, well, you don't count. You're sitting right here. I'm skipping you. All right. uh, Tom Comiskey and Chris Magic Man. So there you go. If you would like to be a League of Show sharers, just go to Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers and share the show. It's just that simple. They can be the entire League? What's that? You said if you want to be a League yes. of Show sharers, they can be the League? They can be the entire League, wow. depending on their weight. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Royal Wii. Ah. So there, that is all of that. I uh, I guess we will turn our eyes to the box office. That's record time for us. Well, See what happened when Joe's not here? Oh, oh, he's not. I couldn't tell. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. 
Gorgeous George. Superman. <laughs> gorgeous George. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only wrestling George. reference I know. I don't even know if he's... George the Animal No, right Steel. now he'd probably be talking about that Andre the Giant documentary. I think that's on HBO. If it's not, it will be. He might be getting ready for the Royal Rumble tonight. That's right. Yeah. First ever women's Royal Rumble, I believe. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. That's an honor of you, Joe. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> why, why, how would you throw that question out to I, this group? <laughs> and I saw it. I saw and it. And how do you get ready for that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know. He's getting ready for the first ever women's Royal Rumble. I don't want to know his preparation. That's why, that's why he's out here. Yes. He's, he is getting ready. <laughs> he's, car, he's carb loading seasonal. <laughs> I, I was going to say he's putting plastic down all over his furniture. <laughs> uh, I'll just throw this at you. So I thought we had turned our eyes to the box office report, and yet we're still talking about we this. We did. You brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was record time. So. There we go. But uh, yes, uh, thank you, Tom. We are here in the box. I don't know how to transition like that. Uh, it can't be done. It can't. So uh, this week, uh, the number one movie is not one we're talking about. It is Maze Runner, The Death Cure, the third film in the franchise. That's the one that got delayed a year because of the accident on set with, what's his name, Dylan? McDermott. <laughs> yes. No, it was Dermot Mulroney, I think, was on the Maze Runner stuff. Bob uh, Dylan. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> $22 million was its opening take domestic. And overseas, we have a nice $17 million, So a little over 40 on a $62 million budget, which isn't awful for this time of the year. I mean, they might... And for a franchise that's limping to its finish? Yeah, I didn't even know they were going to... In a genre that's limping to its finish? <laughs> I I really honestly thought they were just going to take the insurance money. Like when we didn't hear about it after the yeah. accident, I'm like, well, I guess it's insured. They'll take the money. They'll say, oh, I'm glad we got out of this young adult thing, you know, and got paid for it. But right. They they're still making it. So I don't know. I, I'm guessing none of us saw Maze Runner three over the weekend. They so. did. It's weird. They screened Maze Runner three, but they didn't bother to screen Maze Runner two. Yeah, they screened the first one, not the second one, but and then they screened the third, the third one, one. <laughs> which I thought was really weird. Like I thought if they were gonna. When they didn't screen the second one, I figured they just kind of have written off the franchise. It's for fans. We don't care. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to do what it's going to do. Is this the last one, or is there any more? I believe this is the last one. Uh, they're probably trying to like, they, boost that box set for home. Yeah. Yeah. Get people, you know. Yeah. I'm going to have to revisit. Although, I, it it's not that far off the pace from what the last Divergent movie made. That, yeah. And then that <laughs> went straight to TV. TV. Yeah. 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 Oh. Well, that, that TV thing... Is it going to happen? Out? I think it fizzled I, out. Because because uh, Cheyenne Woodley was like, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't going to be in it. I don't yeah, think. I think right. it was. I gonna think be... they were trying to get her to like at least like make an appearance to try and like kind of pass the torch. She's and, like, oh, I on think... a monitor, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> the rest was... is up to you. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah, like they did in the old '90s movies when they would like call the president on a television, and yeah. you know they had to record for two hours of footage or whatever that right. day, and they're talking to the the president who's a famous actor. Yeah, it's yeah. Suzanne Somers on uh, Three's Company. <laughs> she's on the f- when she's, she's on the, on the phone, phone. She's always on the phone. Yeah, yeah we, should we explain like, to the younger people? Uh, we should. So on Three's Company, it was a very popular show. Like it had really tapped into the zeitgeist, and Suzanne Somers. Uh, left the show. She left well, the she show. Had, this was this was uh, because of her. It was called Jiggle TV. Right. Yeah. She was the Jiggle. She really. Was the jiggle. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and that show was huge. I mean, you cannot understate or overstate how huge that show yeah. was. I it, mean, it's this is the seventies. It's called Jiggle TV because she jiggled. Right. <laughs> and, and so they would make her. She would laugh. And, and then like jump up and down, and jump up and, and down. Yeah. And so in a good was, way, not not was, like a bad. No. Okay. Well, in hindsight, if you watch it now, it's like oh, but yeah. it's 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 creepy. But and <laughs> she and she was braless. Yeah. So it literally was jiggle TV, and and the numbers were massive. Right. So and you had some old studio executive, some old balding guy with a cigar, yes. going, ah, mm-hmm. "Make her jiggle more, ah, boys." <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And so the show was huge. It's what made uh, it's what made John Ritter, John Ritter. a star. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that she decided she was going to hold out for more money, and and she wouldn't show up on set. And then they were why why would she even do that much i'm trying to remember i why. think she was contractually obligated to appear in the show but they basically took her out of the scenarios yeah and put her on a like a vacation like she went to visit her she was always telling stories about her family yes. in the country or whatever yeah. and and so that she was on the phone and all the all the scenes were just her by herself on the phone and she would like call in like once per episode and talk to somebody 
and then they would ha- and then they had brought in like her cousin at first right yeah. and yeah. uh and and then th- that that position started to rotate Cheryl Hines and that sounds no Cheryl Hines is the wife on the Larry David show right mm uh I don't know. What the, that, this is going way back. Yeah. So either way, <laughs> but they brought in the cousin, and she was, you know, basically took over. just on a on a phone call. So she was literally phoning in her performance. Literally yeah. phoning in, actually from another part of the studio. So she was even there, and just like what? one like one set over. <laughs> so Cheryl Hines is the wife on the Larry David Show. Okay, Cheryl Ladd didn't she? No, she took she over was Charlie's Angels. On Charlie's Angels with a similar situation with yes. Sarah Fawcett. Yeah. So, although she ended up being good, yeah, yeah it was fine, I guess. I, I mean, <laughs> in the in the seventies, it was all just yeah, yeah. Standard. We were desperate for content. Whew. Well, it's yeah, it was definitely a different time. But uh, the Maze Runner, so for about forty on a sixty. So I don't know if it will stick around and and make you know make its budget back in week two. But uh, I mean, certainly it's not a huge success. I don't see even if there was another book. I mean, that's not. Yeah, I mean, wh- I I think it's three. I think it was always intended to be three and done. Okay, I think it's I think it's impressive that they got to the third one of the series, given all the circumstances. <laughs> Unless maybe because of the delay, maybe they did get a big insurance payout and they figured they could have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, maybe that they, could be. So uh, we'll see what that happens with that one in the coming weeks. But number two, I think, is no surprise. It's Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Wow. Still hanging around. Week six, fifteen million, a twenty one percent drop in week six. I, this movie is just—it's uh, a runaway train. I, yeah. I three hundred thirty-seven million dollars domestic. You know what else was a runaway train? Uh, runaway train. Was it a runaway? That train? That was also a runaway train. <laughs> there yeah. you go. It's amazing how that it's works out. Probably the most exciting movie out right now, isn't it? Besides Star Wars, like the biggest. Like, I'm well, trying to think of what else uh, it's competing I mean, against. I certainly think it's one of the most fun movies. Yeah. That you, if you just want to check your brain and and watch some action, and right? Some big stars, so. Three hundred thirty-seven million domestic, another four hundred and fifty-one overseas. So we're we're talking well over eight hundred million on a ninety million. I mean, Jumanji. I think they're going to keep it around just to see if it can get to a billion. Did you hear? <laughs> they they greenlit the sequel, and it's going to go directly against the next Star Wars. No. Yeah. Like twenty nineteen <laughs> or twenty twenty, I forget, but they're I just, like I just saw it on online. You would think that's crazy, and then you see this one came out around when Star like, this Wars one came did. Out, like and, what a week later, two yeah, weeks yeah, later. Yeah, and the fact that it made this much money, it's yeah, it's impressive. I think it targets a different audience ultimately. I mean it's it's targeting it's a it's more of a family movie. It's it's younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I mean I, not that you can't take family right. but Star Wars is a little hour it's gotten much more serious yeah. in the like you know since the prequels i mean the prequels you could easily say except and the last one's a little dark but you know you would say oh, okay this is like little kids well, the, could see. the prequels weren't really for kids because they were so boring right yeah <clears throat> you know but th- these are like i said i'm not saying the star wars movies aren't for kids but they're a little no i, they're, I, they're I totally agree i yeah I, um you know katya's watched scenes from force awakens but yeah i, I haven't let her watch the whole movie right there's enough in there. I'm like, nah, not right now. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with that sequel. But, I mean, this movie, is, I, I we talked about last time, I think. It would have never imagined 800 million yeah. worldwide in six weeks. That's incredible. Number three is the movie of the week, though. Hostels made $10.5 million, opening on just shy of 3,000 screens. It is at 12. It's at twelve point three million because it had a limited release to sneak in for Oscar season. So right. it had made two point five some odd million in the last five limited weeks. But uh, this is the big one, and uh, let's see, has it gone overseas? No, it has not. So twelve point five on a on an undisclosed budget. So we'll get into that one next. The theater I saw it yesterday, like at nine forty five a.m. It was really crowded. Mine really, was, yeah. Mine I was, was like, packed. what is happening? And it was like the old, I guess, it was the old guy. But I, yeah, the old guy hour. And I can say this: it was, it was, it was. I was like, what? I was on the young end. <laughs> That's but always I was nice. Like, what? That doesn't happen very. It's so to me. crowded. <laughs> that doesn't happen very much anymore. That happened to me no. recently, where I was like, I'm the youngest guy in the room. I was at a Bob Newhart show, though. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it makes sense. I mean, you see these trends. So aside from all the Oscar stuff, like a lot of that, will get the older demographic that hears, oh, movie's good, and they go see it and. 
of course, are the earlier crowd. But this is the first movie, I think, aside from that. I mean, you've got Star Wars, you've got Maze Runner, you've got Jumanji, you've got, you know, all that stuff there. And then and then this is like the first that I think the older crowd is like, oh, that looks like just a good film. Like, I'm just I would say uh, 12 strong. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do, I mean, it's still kind of I guess. I don't know. It's those military kinda... movies always do well this time of year. Yeah, that's and true. This is kind of a version of that in terms of like old men. They grew up with war movies yeah. and westerns. And you gave them a war true. movie last week and a western this week. Yeah. They might not like the way this western plays out. <laughs> this this western maybe has a little bit more of a left-wing sensibility than they're used to. Yeah. But uh but there's cowboys and shoot 'em up. So there you go. Sounds like Tom prepared to get into it next episode, <laughs> huh? I'm not against. I'm just saying. Yeah. I I just no, think it's, that it's, if you're a 65 year old man that grew up on on John, John Wayne, Wayne yeah. and Howard Hawks movies, most of them don't take this tact sure. as to how to treat Indians. Sure. Well, and I, but I also think that's been kind of the case since about the 70s. Yeah, like we, we we've changed the the genre. The Absolutely, genre yeah, has adapted. Yes. yeah, and most of the westerns now are much more revisionist yes yeah yeah so we'll get into that one next episode but coming in at number four the greatest showman still hanging around it's 9.3 million dollars this weekend a 12 percent drop in week six like i mean that's crazy just just repeat you can just repeat the segment every week to week like (laughs) it's just gonna drop 10 percent, which is just crazy so it is at 126 million dollars domestic and another 120 overseas so 240 million on an 84 million dollar budget i it's a, i would have never imagined that it would especially seen those first week's numbers it still is mind-boggling yeah i don't think they would have imagined either I'm, i have a feeling like there were there were people when the box office numbers for week two came up they were like oh well i can close this word document in my resume without hitting save <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's an amazing story just to see it uh, there's some great articles i think there was one on forbes uh you know there's some some articles by the financial publications just talking about its whole you know opening and then week to week and really goes in depth with how it happened so um uh, i think variety did one too uh, something amazing that I've seen on my timeline is that people, uh, of course, because of the box office, you can tell a ton of people are seeing it. So every week, I'll get more and more people on my timeline going, I saw The Greatest Showman. It's so good, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's been around for five weeks, but right. it's like you still see people that are being introduced to it and being like amazing. Where, you know. It's probably going to hang around even longer, not just because it's making money, but because at this point, the theaters get to keep more of it. Yeah. So they're incentivized to let it linger. Sure, and they certainly didn't make it in the early weeks. Like I said, they were packing the smallest theaters right. and selling out, and people were getting frustrated. So, yeah. I mean, they're they're probably moving it. Now. The rare occasion where they move a theater up, you know, yeah. to the bigger one. So, anyway, yeah, that's amazing success for that film. Number five, Tom mentioned it earlier, 12 Strong is in its second week. Uh, it was the new movie last weekend. So it had about $9 million, which was a 44% drop from opening. It is now sitting at $30 million and a couple million dollars overseas. So 30 some odd. What? How much did it make in Afghanistan? Just out of curiosity. Um, yeah, uh, nothing. <laughs> I was going to make a joke in their currency. I have no idea what it is. Did anyone see 12 Strong? Yeah, I you saw, it. saw it. Well, and it was just. We talked about it. Yeah, right? yeah we talked it was about it. The horse movie, yeah, the horse, the horse soldiers, yeah, and uh, it it was it was okay. Yeah, it was. I think it's probably the the weakest of these January military movies that we've seen, but uh, but it was solid. It was just I felt like the battle scenes lacked focus. Like I didn't always realize I couldn't always really get what the uh, goal was in an individual battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know what the larger goal is, which sure. is to defeat the Taliban. But but like in each mission, like well, what are we trying to achieve in order to know that we won? Yeah, and it was always a little vague. It was just like lots of shooting, and then they were done, and they'd be like, "We won." Like okay. Yeah. Do you think that Chris Hemsworth newcomer is going to be a big star after this? Or? He might do okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Needs to take his shirt off more. Yeah, yeah. Un- understandable. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there was that one. Uh, number six, Den of Thieves, the movie from last week, made $8.8 million. It's a 42% drop from its opening weekend. It has made around $30 million, so pretty similar. to in 12 Strong are, are kind of right there making the same amount. And uh, I think it, it – no, it doesn't have any money overseas. So that's it for that one. Go listen to last week if you want to hear our take on that. 
Number seven, The Post. So the movie that should have won or could have won all the Oscars, but no one's really. I guess theoretically, about. any movie could have. <laughs> well, I mean, it had a. It seemed like it had a very good chance to yeah, win no, the Oscars. It, has, <laughs> it had a very strong pedigree, uh, and so it, it's got. It, it does it. It had a couple nominations, I think. Didn't the post get? I mean, Streep's up for best actor. That's I, but that's the law. best picture, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, and and Spielberg best, misdirector. And yeah, they, and they didn't get Hanks either. Uh, Christopher Nolan, first time ever nominated for best director. H- Hanks is nominated, no. isn't he? No, he's not nominated. Just I said he tough, was. This is a no. this is a tough year. I mean, really, 2017 as far as good films, like there were a lot and. Uh, you. I mean, you had Denzel Washington sneak into Best Actor. Yeah. There's only five spots, and uh, Franco. Oh, for his movie, Oscar movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, Franco, of course, didn't get the nomination, right. so Denzel snuck in there. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's crazy in a year where there's a movie that lo- that's Oscar bait, clear Oscar bait. It should be nominated. It, you know, it could win, and uh, you know, Hanks gives a great performance, and he's not even nominated. Like that's how good of a year. 2017 was he got snubbed for Captain Phillips too didn't he yeah or did he get nominated but he didn't win Mm, I I thought he was nominated there was a big performance in the last few years that he was snubbed for I thought yeah that that was the one I mean that was reminded everybody of of his acting ability that's the last 10 minutes of that movie (laughs) yeah oh my gosh yeah Definitely. So the post made 8.6 million dollars a 27% drop from its uh uh, it opened around Christmas. I don't know. It's six weeks in. Some of that was limited, though. So sure. It's all mixed together. But $58 million domestic is its total. And overseas, it has about $10 million, So 60-some-odd on a $50 million budget. Um, I mean, it's not a ton of money, but this type of movie never... I mean, unless it wins the best picture and then goes right. on to... This is the type of movie that only makes money if it wins some awards. Exactly. They put that on the, the re-release and the DVD cover, you know, best picture. and I saw that they were putting... Get out and what else back in the theaters? They're putting everything, <laughs> but there, but like two movies that had been that have been on home video for months. <laughs> they put the Lego Batman movie back out and it wasn't nominated for yeah. anything. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they had it all set up yeah. to be, you know, man. What did the Lego owners do to the Oscars? I, why? Why are? Why do they no hate reason. them? Yeah, the, I mean, it is insane. So the Lego movie. The, the first one was amazing. Yes. Right? Gets nominated for nothing but best song, I don't yep. believe. Or, you know, everything yeah. is awesome. So, okay, great nomination there. And then Lego Batman movie, I, you know, critically, I think it had 92% Rotten Tomatoes. I loved it personally. Everyone I talked to enjoyed it. And then it gets no nomination, but Boss Baby gets a nomination. Like, well, how, I mean, I think that's just sort of like <clears throat> back when animation was having a, a hard go at, at uh, getting any sort of like legit nominations besides animation yeah um i think it was like when beauty and the beast started to, everybody was like this should be a best picture nominee yeah and even then they were they, well know, they didn't the academy was they like, didn't no. have an animation category back back then. Then. right right oh, so i mean you had to sneak in so the... i mean i think it's you know with lego it's just probably uh, it's very similar it's like they just have a ways to go that's a shame do you think that a lot of people because of course the academy you're voted on by your peers that are in different categories do you think that a lot of people being older as a part of the academy like would just never even think of seeing a lego movie and that's why it doesn't get a nomination i've read a lot of accounts online where a lot of the academy voters and i can't say for certain that a lot of them just vote based on what their kids like yeah on on the animated movies what the hell is wrong with their kids right They probably, I mean, those we'll movies have, were amazing. We'll have no Legos in this house. Yeah. yeah. It, I think they've probably, uh, you know, here's what I think what's going on is if you have kids, you stepped on so many of those goddamn oh, things. Oh, it's You're payback. Like, I'll yep. be damned if I give these sons of bitches an award. <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> Legos not hurting. No, they're not. Until you step on one. There it is. I mean, they're fine. No, it's just, I guess it's just frustrating. Again, I listened to, well, you've just listened to our .5 episode, probably, uh, Joe and I, where we talked about. Or you're still listening to it. Yes. Uh, If you haven't listened, though, go back and listen to the uh, 349.5. Joe and I talk about this a little bit where, you know, if you like a movie, just because it wins an award or not, it really doesn't matter. For the people getting awards, sure, it's a, it's a marker for their lifetime achievements. It's great for those people. But people that aren't nominated, that don't win, they still have great movies and great performances. Yeah, so. but I will say, that though, that those awards help those people get the next their job. Career, sure. And so if you like the work they're doing and they get that award, you're more likely to see more work from them. 
It's, it's fair. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah, I guess you don't want to totally discount it. Yeah. It's just that I, I think of like, why am I frustrated? Lego's not, you know, because it doesn't really matter, but I would like to see them get yeah. that achievement. Something tells me like, I'd rather have them there than boss baby. They're not going to yeah. win. Coco will win. Right. But the, the point is like, why should boss baby? What did that? You saw it, right? Yeah. What did that movie do that deserves an Oscar nomination? I mean, in the animation, I don't need. What are the other nominees in that category? Ferdinand's, the uh, Da Vinci one, and uh, or not Da Vinci. Uh, is it Leonardo? The one that's Saint, every frame or, is a painting. Oh, the Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Oh, Van Gogh. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember the fifth one. Yeah, so. but yeah, I haven't seen Ferdinand, so I can't yeah. say. But I mean, Boss Baby was fine. Like I didn't have anything yeah. against it. But yeah, I think Lego Batman nomination. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for animation, I suppose. But it's not. Yeah. But I don't think it's better than Lego Batman, though. And I think Lego Batman, honestly, like you can discount it saying, "Oh, it's just a silly, you know, Lego movie." But one, I mean, it's great use of the Batman. You know, seventy-five years of. Um, mythology, all the comics, it references yeah. so much. But even outside of Batman, the animation, like the way that they make it look like stop motion, right, but it's right. it, it's smooth and it looks slick, but it also like every piece has like fake scratches because it's on computer. But right. they pay so much attention to detail making it look like played with Legos. Right. Like that's impressive. But I, I don't think the Academy is aware of the artistry behind the movie. Yeah, I, I think they're looking at it like... Which is frustrating because and plus Lego's been making like a lot of home right. video stuff forever. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's just getting dismissed because there's a yeah. lack of education about it. I don't. I I, just, I completely agree. It yeah. is their job. Yeah, but you know they're they're busy. You know, it's like yeah. I don't have time to mess with that Lego stuff. Well, it's too bad, but uh, Lego Batman wins the uh, first annual real spoilers Oscar snubs for animation award. So congratulations <laughs> to Lego Batman and. Dan's turkey is ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, uh, moving on, coming in at, uh, yeah, so the post, I think I said it made like 60-something million, whatever. Number eight, Paddington 2, uh, the best-reviewed movie of all time. Not kidding. Uh, it made $6.2 million, a 23% drop, not too bad at all. $32 million domestic, overseas 150 So we're talking about over $180 million. I don't have a budget, but Brad, you're the only one here that saw it. Do you want to real quick talk That's about why? It's so good. Why is this movie like the first one and this one? Why I never so would have watched it if you didn't send me to see the second one. So I watched the first one on Netflix the night before, and Matt Reedy was somebody who talked up about it in the uh, – in the group over and over again. And I was just like, what's so great about this movie? So I turned it on and it's just, it's like a step back from like all of, and I've seen a lot of kids movies for review STL now, but like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's really charming. He's just like, they treat him like a person. Like they don't question. It's basically an adaptation from a children's book straight to the screen where, um, like they don't need explanations of why this bear is talking. They give a little brief one at the very beginning of the first movie. So is it just him? Like it's a human regular world and then human regular world and then Paddington. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's treated like a person. And he's and it just... rains a lot, right? Because he's always in a raincoat. <laughs> There's I don't recall. <laughs> I thought he right. was. A, I thought he was a flasher. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's not a yeah. trench coat. It's a raincoat. Oh. Yellow raincoat. Oh. But he's oh, he does get that. eaten yeah. outside the sewer by a monster, though. Oh. He gets eaten out. Loses his arm. No. Oh, yeah. uh, stop. Just add what Kevin said. Uh, That's yeah. not marmalade. Oh. He's just a polite bear. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, tell us, tell us, Brad, tell us about this delightful children's movie, please. <laughs> no, he's just, it's like super polite. Everything in the movie is just like, it makes you smile. Like, mm. I, I couldn't believe how much I loved the first one. Then the second one just hits every beat, has so many callbacks back to the first one, and not in like a. Not a lazy, repetitive right, way. Yeah. yeah. Like, do some characters return for the same kind of gags that they had in the first one? And it's just something that I was, like, smiling the whole time. I, I loved every bit of it. You My, know what? I couldn't bring myself... Sorry. I couldn't bring myself to see it because of the trailer in the first one, and they repeat this gag in the, in the second commercial that I saw, is... um. He takes things and sticks them all the way inside his <laughs> he ears. He doesn't know what these toothbrushes and are. And I was like, it grosses me <laughs> out. Like, I can't do it. Yeah, because if you put a Q-tip like .001 centimeters into your ear, you hit something wrong and it hurts. And right. you imagine putting full objects in yeah, your ear. Yeah, but it's there. Yeah. They don't have anything there. Oh. And I think the animation is like, really good, too, because for just the bear walking around and like them... The way they interact with yeah. him and like the it voice fits good. perfectly. Yeah, he's from what I've seen. It looks yeah, good. it's worth watching. It's, okay. I loved it. It looks cool. like the kind of the spiritual successor to Babe and Babe Piggy. Yeah, City. yeah, yeah. You know, which were kind of like gentle 
good movies, both of them. From the man who brought you Mad Max. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Babe, Babe Pig in the City, which I think is one of Gene Siskel's last uh, reviewed movies, and he loved I mean, they both loved it. They, they were like, this is movie. one of the best movies of the really, year. It, it is yeah. really good. It's one of those ones that I think people completely forgot about. Th- well, it gets a lot darker than the first oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, and it's great. Yeah, and and it does kind of. It's funny because George Miller did make it, and it does have that feeling like you can get the connection. I mean, it, there's no like shared universe. <laughs> it's the right. same you universe, Babe and Matt. Sort of like the 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 manic energy that he is able to uh, inject and pick in the city. It's weird when somebody makes two movies that work that are that radically different. Mm-hmm. Like the same guy that made a Christmas Story made Porky's. And, and wrap your head around that. Really? And, well, yeah. Christmas and Black story Christmas. gets like you can see where that Black Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also made that. Yeah. yeah, I can see like just because like, a Christmas story does have an edgier tone to where it's not just total kit like it's based fly. on an article from Playboy. Yeah. So I mean, it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not total. It's probably why I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, Paddington, go see it. Go read the review on. Now, review is there any truth to the idea that Paddington is uh, is a prequel to The Revenant? <laughs> I would say no. Okay, but I—that's a shame. But I think Babe Pig in the City—he had some kind of virus, and when they finally do eat the bacon, the whole world is destroyed and it goes into chaos. So it is a Mad Max. Okay, prequel. that's oh, good wow. to know. So just a little trivia there. Uh, don't check it. But next it's time true. I binge those movies, I'll start with Babe. Do it. Yeah. Right. Two. Babe two. Babe okay. two. Yeah. Uh, it's coming in at number nine. Uh, this is another polarizing film, at least for the people in this room. It wasn't polarizing for us. We all hated it. No, <laughs> I, I, but Brad's here now. I love. That's, that's so uh, well, there's no such thing as a wrong opinion, but in your case, we'll make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we we really don't have too much room to talk because we are the only like three people in the world that. No, I have seen other people. One of the other, uh, it was funny in the in the St. Louis Film Critics Association. There's a lady who's <clears throat> typically like loves all the art house stuff and she was just like this movie is total crap like she just had like an active dislike and i don't think this woman has ever said two words to me in the eight years i've been in this organization and for this one but when i was like and how she was like oh thank god (laughs) i'm not alone and i was because it won yeah the best picture for the association yeah, right it, it so, did and not because of me i yeah. didn't vote for it <laughs> but i mean that's like just to show you i mean awards groups uh, i mean yeah they I, love it it's yeah so uh the movie is the shape of water uh it made 5.5 million i liked it did I you wasn't here you weren't here well, right it was joe yeah joe okay, was well, the uh, third person on that yeah. episode it was just funny well, now it's two on two guys yeah <laughs> uh so yeah, say so we should have Dan on to even. I know it would have been the, nice to yeah. have somebody in who 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 would defend because it. we just didn't get it. The three of us yeah. were just, uh, you know, it was yeah. and we, none like of us all. talked about it. None of us saw it together. Yeah. We literally came in yeah. for that podcast and we were just like, "What?" We, we and we just... all sat down thinking the other two were gonna like. Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. I was like <laughs> dreading going into it because I'm like, "Oh, I'm supposed to." I mean, be in love with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bizarre. Uh, so anyway, uh, like I said, polarizing 50-50 yeah. for us in this room now at least, but it is The Shape of Water uh, nominated for 13 Oscars, so the highest amount of nominations I mean, this that, year. I will say that. That seems a little wackadoo. I, I, I agree I think that. the Academy is like, well, I guess we better. Yeah. I don't I don't get that. But, I mean, me personally, I mean, my, my 10-second review is that, I, I again, I see that Guillermo del Toro is, is really good at a, creating a universe – contained within the movie and keeping you know that universe like like sort of the rules of the universe and he did it in crimson peak he did it in um uh, pan's labyrinth oh boy the well uh, <laughs> pan's labyrinth chronos devil's backbone and um uh the giant robot movie pacific, pacific Rim. Rim. yeah oh. like he's <laughs> he he crafts a universe yeah you know and, it, and it's not just like the universe of um you know it's like the look and the feel and everything. Like you can see the the attention to detail is like he. It's a great looking yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. I, I like. I you know. I said the same thing when Joe and I talked back on that that last episode, the point five. I mean, it has this feel like if you play the Bioshock game. So I know for mm-hmm. Dustin at Nerds Night Gaming, yep. yeah, uh, which GDT is a huge fan of video games, and mm-hmm. so like definitely there's some inspiration oh, yeah. there. Um, the look of Shape of Water with that Bioshock mm-hmm. uh, feel. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. It's not the look at all. Yeah. I think the story is where yeah. we were like. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's gonna win. 
win, but I out of the five yeah. actresses nominee or nominated this year, I think Sally Hawkins was my favorite one. Hmm. Like just that that one scene toward the end where she's uh, where she's diddling herself in the bathtub. No, that's <sighs> at the beginning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where she's conveying everything. Like, that's Oscar worthy diddling <laughs> to Richard Jenkins. <laughs> 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 I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you can't shake a maraca and diddle it. Right, I, that's where I got him. He's like, yeah. on the one hand, it deserves a maraca, but on the other hand, he said diddle it. He said diddle it. Can't shake a maraca. That. I'm starting to figure out the loopholes. <laughs> oh, that's a loophole. But being a being a mute character and conveying her emotions the way she did to Richard Jenkins there near the beginning of the third act before the big the big event in the movie and trying to get him out of there it was just like I was mesmerized by her performance. Oh yeah, I mean, it, you know, it is easy to say, well, you know, but you know, people with. Um, Inconveniences, you know. Usually, it is kind of Oscar bait, but I mean, she does a lot with not being able to do a lot. Yeah, uh, and you're like the Bob Eubanks of of figuring out the loopholes, <laughs> <laughs> making whoopee, making whoopee. So uh, I say, she say in the butt, Bob. Um, <laughs> what is that from? Do you in not know butt. that story? Where, where there's the a, strangest place you made whoopee. It's a, there's a story about on the on the newlywed game where yeah. they they do you know the premise of the newlywed sure, game? Sure. You would ask they would ask to one spouse a question, spouse. the other spouse would leave yeah. the room, then they would see if their answers matched. And, Someone answered with that, and so they they uh, they uh, they asked somebody. They asked the the wife, "Where is the strangest place you've ever made whoopee?" And so she's like, "Oh, in the kitchen or whatever." And then they bring the husband back in, and he's like, "I'll say she says in the butt." Oh my <laughs> god! No, I think this is like urban legend level status. So I, I'm like, I, I need to actually, actually see the. I feel like air? I did see it. I, well, at see, one that's point, the thing. Is but like, it's but at now, that level now, yeah, I don't know if I'm gaslighting myself. But everybody, I mean, because everybody to knows this story is like in the butt, Bob. Yeah. yeah. So do you think maybe that was inspiration for Mallrats when they talk about Ben Affleck's character and, and they're talking about, oh, having sex in the most uncomfortable place, and they all of them, it's a callback, they all in the backseat of a Volkswagen? They, they It keeps coming yeah, back. Like yeah. Everyone thinks the same exact answer. Oh, like the backseat of a Volkswagen? You know, because yeah. it's a, kind of a play on. Oh, I don't know. Because well. also the most uncomfortable place to have sex. Yeah. You know, like it's you're thinking, you know, bodily Right, yeah. function, but no, it's always the backseat of a Volkswagen. <laughs> it's just well, I guess anal in the backseat of a Volkswagen would be the absolute worst. I, Might be. I mean, if you do the math, we're yeah. not going to get into it. But no. so, The Shape of Water. Uh, <laughs> if we can continue with this uh, box office, so here. would you say The Shape of Water is an allegory for transgender r- relationships? I hadn't really considered it, but <laughs> I mean, do you think it's just? I mean, is it just a because fairy everyone's tale? Everyone's appalled at what it, it like. She's having this relationship with. Another with something they perceive as another creature, mm-hmm. right? And I just like that's. I think that's a part of what put me off on it too. Is that I don't think I talked about this in the podcast no. originally. Is it seems like an allegory for for transgender acceptance and and it's like, but then should your metaphor be based around something that is essentially bestiality? Well, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't even think. Guillermo took it. I in his head was like, I really wanted to make that creature for the Black Lagoon movie. <laughs> You know, I don't yeah. think he like. I don't think he was. Uh, I mean, I think it's overall just acceptance, but I don't think that, that it's an, and it's like it's hard. Take it like, and then I think that was part of my problem. It's hard to get wrap my head around the acceptance aspect of something that seems like bestiality to me. Well, I yeah, I haven't heard any. So it, it's interesting. Usually, you would hear something like like we did with Mother when everyone was talking about what is right. the allegory, what is yeah. what is it trying to say, and I've heard no discussion on it having any deeper meaning other than being a fairy tale is what everyone says. Well, so yeah. that yeah, I was like Beauty and the Beast. I didn't watch Beauty and the Beast thinking whoa. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think the difference is Beauty and the you Beast. Know? He does. He, they don't do it. Oh, that you know. No, but they have to fall in love, and then and then he right. turns into a person. Yes, yeah, so right. I understand. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. like. A, you know, so and 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 Beauty and the Beast, he's he is a human who's been cursed. Yeah, understood. It's not just that, a, so there are I there didn't. are loopholes to give your imagination an out. You know what I mean? Th- right. This doesn't have it. This is like this dude's a fish and he's gonna put it in her. And it didn't <laughs> really phase me. But he's, oh man, that's. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's just like interesting. He's, he's a humanoid creature that like that's a fish, but but he's a fish. It's just. But, I don't know, but you, I think he's just like a, a diverged from the same the, the same chain, you know. Yeah. He, he evolved 
from the same source as we all did. He's intelligent. Sorry. He can communicate. Sorry, like, creationists. <laughs> but almost this evolution you speak of? <laughs> I don't know what you're... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't... It didn't even really... Yeah. Hmm. I couldn't me. get past the fish stuff. Yeah, it's weird. I, you know... Well, I, you, don't, you don't like seafood. <laughs> so so it's you know, it's doubly <laughs> yeah, so like for you it's just like I don't want it in any <laughs> part of me <laughs> you know like, how many times did you have to go pee in this yeah. movie yeah <laughs> I'm out of here it was a screener I could stop oh. a lot well anyway uh, to get to the box office of this movie The Shape of Water made 5.5 million a 152% increase with all the Oscar wow. nominations uh, which is exactly what you'd predict. Thirty-seven million dollars, uh, about thirty-seven point five domestic. Overseas, as about ten, so it's approaching the fifty million dollar mark. Don't have a budget on it, but surely it's gonna. I mean, for the next couple months, it's gonna be making more and more money, yeah. being the highest nominated film. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that per- one continues. To personal do. feelings aside, does it win Best Picture this year with all the love that it's getting? You think? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think in a category in a field that large. I think it was a smaller field, maybe, but yeah. I think I don't know. Maybe that helps it win because it, it diffuses the vote. Maybe yeah. it has. I you know it's it feels like when the field gets that much larger. I'm talking myself out of it now. Is that that the the film that has the most passionate base that won't leave it for anything tends to rise up. You know, yeah. yeah I which I is what happened with Moonlight, right? I could be wrong, but I think all the love that it's getting is is probably that is the award the yeah. award. That, Right now is is all the love. I don't think. Yeah. I don't see it getting. I don't know. Maybe so the, three or four more right. technical yeah. stuff. I I honestly I think right now the two contenders. So the favorite and is winning all the awards is three billboards. Three, right. The upset. Well, the upset. I say upset is my favorite movie of the year is Lady Bird. Right. So everyone thinks it's three billboard, but there's a political agenda or mm. or a, a humanitarian agenda. Uh, Greta Gerwig, you know, female director. Mm-hmm. So she's up for best director, best picture directed by a female director. So I can see a split too. where she'll where get, she'll yeah. get screenplay. That's usually what happens. It's a yeah. tough category. The, though. The, the, the youngins always get the screenplay. Right. Tarantino got the screenplay. You know, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck got screenplay. That's where you see where. But they there's like, never been. But I don't believe. I understand. It. But I think where they where I think where uh, where Lady Bird will have an, a problem winning screenplay is that also nominated for screenplay is Big Sick. And it's not nominated for anything else. So yeah. if you yeah. want to give Big Sick an award, and a lot of people do, yeah. that's your only chance to do it. But if the Academy being, let's say, a bunch of old white guys. Right. If a bunch of old white guys are going to figure out how to start to, you know, maybe shift a little bit, are they going to go with the brown-skinned person or the lady? Because that's the struggle they're probably or Jordan facing. Peele. Jordan and this Peele is too. coming... Not me as an old sure. white guy, but I'm thinking like in terms of like old the white Academy guy. What voter, do we do? Right. Yeah, and they're like, well, we got the same or you know, well, uh, Guillermo or I don't know if Guillermo wrote the movie, but he's also in there too for Shape of Water or Mexican. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a really he wrote it with someone. Yeah, he has a shared. He should be in credit. there for adapted because it's based on Splash uh, <laughs> or Creature for the Black Lagoon. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, it, he yeah was. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it's oh, hard to look at that movie and not oh, make, yeah, draw he, that. He was yeah. supposed to make that movie, right? So, anyway. I would still have loved to have seen his version of Disney's Haunted House. Haunted oh, I, oh I'm still hope. Yeah. I yeah. still hope for that. Although Favreau got at some point, he, Favreau was going to do it wasn't the Kingdom Keepers, but he was going to do some sort of Disney comes to life kind of movie, right? Also, but I really wanted Del Toro's Haunted House. Yeah, would that be better for that? Would that I be mean, too dark for a Disney movie? Del Toro doing that? I think he can. I think he can handle it. It's. Yeah, it's I mean, it, you know. I mean, just take the, well, be the best aspects sure. of the ride and and just make a better movie than the last one. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Hellboy's not that dark. Pacific no. Rim's not no. that dark. Yeah. I think he could work. Yeah. Like, if he walks in knowing what he's supposed to do, I think yeah. he's. He can, he can absolutely he can it. play in a PG world. Yeah. Yeah. It's just his aesthetic. All they need is his aesthetic. Right. Yeah. And they don't need to make the movie like seeing people get decapitated and the, you know, like yeah. in violent ways. It's just right. make it that yeah. It would be amazing. I think he's the man for the job, certainly, to to craft yeah. that that look for the film. So awesome. Well we'll see what happens at the Oscars. It's gonna be interesting. Uh but uh yeah, Shape of Water, a lot of nominations. Number ten. Star Wars: The Last Jedi making a few bucks, four point one million to be precise. Thirty-seven percent drop in week seven brings it to six hundred and ten million domestic. How about another almost seven hundred million overseas? So that's one point three billion 
on I don't know the budget, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Star Wars budget. <laughs> yeah, it was less than one billion. Yes, yeah. one point three. So probably good, yeah. Good for Ryan Johnson uh, to definitely uh, kind of push back. Like, yeah. I think I think he had hit his threshold. And we talked about it last week yeah. with his his tweet response, which was yeah. really epic. But like he's definitely like. He's been bombarded with questions and complaints and issues, and I, I'm like, I like his his responses. I'm like, I, I'm with you, man. Like, I get yeah. it. it. It's funny to see his responses now because I feel like he must be a guy that feels very secure in his position, like as far as making the next movies and everything, and his connection with Kennedy and everything. Because his responses are not PG. Like no. the stuff he's saying now compared to a, a month or two back, like right. like is a lot different. And it's I'm like, this is the guy that works for Disney, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars. Right. And his responses are not that clean. And I'm not saying he's saying things offensive or like dirty, but like he's not censoring himself. Right. right. So I'm like, wow, this guy must have a He's not worried about the customer service. Exactly. Aspect. It's yeah. it's interesting to see him on social media now, but yeah, one point yeah. three billion. It's a successful movie, no matter what they say. Yeah, I don't care if you like it or not. Like, you're not going to spin that into losing yeah. money. No, so, uh, maybe their accountants will. I don't know, but it's yeah. certainly well, they'll have to just for back end yeah. purposes. But, but I, I and I'll and I'll say it again is like when Force Awakens came out, Last Jedi was written, it was done. So when it came out. People, you know, because people, when they saw Last Jedi, they were like, oh, my God. It's like, look, it, Disney knew. Right. Lucasfilm knew. Kathleen Kennedy knew what the story was. So as, as you know, shocked as people are about certain revelations or not revelations, they knew. Yeah. They knew when everybody was piling into the theaters for Force Awakens, and they could have affected that and they chose not to yeah so you know suck it <laughs> basically <Yeah. laughs> i think that's i think he's kind of in the stance of like look everybody knew yeah you know jj abrams knew because he was a little envious of of that movie he had yeah. said like i kind of wish i was directed it yep. yeah well so. he'll get his chance on the next one yes <laughs> coming back so uh we'll see there so um yeah there's i mean if you want to go through just uh, like number 11, three billboards after the Oscar nominations made 3.6. So it's an, an 88% increase. Uh, so it, you'll just start seeing that a lot of these movies from, you know, November, December, that are the Oscar bait quote unquote type yeah. movies are ma- making a lot more money when they're nominated. So it, Oscars are definitely a good vehicle for, for selling tickets. That's yeah, for certain. absolutely. I, well, I know a lot of people that are like, Oh, I wait till they make, make the nominations and then I try to see the movies, you know? Yeah. It's an interesting you know, well, AMC's uh, I guess counts on them yeah. because they're like doing all sorts of Oscar movie marathon. programming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, thing with three billboards is is one of those things. Is like it's just another reminder that Francis McDormand is a, a national treasure and isn't yeah. just like the indie Meryl Streep, right? Yeah. You know, it's like she's uh, she is, but she's just that. She's good. awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's the real deal. Always good. Always. Yeah. Good. I don't, yeah. I don't she's know. great in Dark Man. Right. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I was, know that I've ever seen her in anything where I was just like, eh. No, she she yeah. elevates everything she's in. I was just looking through movies to watch, and I have Dark Man on Blu-ray and on Voodoo, and I, I saw Frances McDormand was in it. I totally forgot, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I've got to watch this. Yeah. Like, and you know why? Why is that? Okay, so she's married to one of the Coen brothers. Coen brothers are best friends with Sam Raimi. Oh, there you go. Yeah. They all... Was it Sam Raimi circle? the... Was he the cinematographer on Blood Simple? Is that where he started? Um, mm. I don't think so. I thought he worked on one of their movies. He may have been. Uh, they did a movie together called Crime Wave, which is sadly not good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Coen Brothers Sam Raimi movie, and it's just like it is a. It's just a mess. I mean, the Ra- Raimi started off with Bruce Campbell doing. You know, all doing, of those guys were in the yeah, same little. And I mean, Evil Dead was the first big, big movie, and you know, went on from there. I don't uh, know what I'm thinking. Of. I thought there was. I thought they worked together on. Something that of size. I don't know. Um, Barry Sonnenfeld was their cinematographer. That's what I'm thinking of. And uh, you know, I knew there was like a like a big name director that started with. Yeah, he had parted ways and uh, with them kind of after. I think not too long after. Maybe well, maybe Miller's Crossing, and then went on and became a successful director in his own right. And uh, you know, all of them combined. I mean, there's. Really amazing cool. stuff. I always love just thinking about uh, Raimi's climb, starting with Evil Dead mm-hmm. and okay. making movies for Disney, making mm-hmm. Spider Man. I mean, he's done such huge, you know, multi multi million dollar movies, and you know, he started off 
in the cabin in the mm-hmm. woods with Bruce Campbell yeah. and those just kids making a movie and yeah. and uh, they raised money similarly like oh. Raimi you know tr- to raise money for Evil Dead was very similar to Coen Brothers going door to door raising money so they yeah. had very similar work ethics growing up and yeah. both both sets became very successful yeah yeah what well, you know I I just I'm on the fence about buying that. There's like a deluxe edition of Drag Me to Hell coming out, and I'm kind of like, I kind of want to get it. Just <laughs> that that movie was such a, oh, it's gross, right? I mean, it, it's it is gross. It's kind of from. There's a lot of stuff in there. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, they replaced <laughs> blood with all the other with all the other, other bodily color. fluids. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's one of those movies. It's like it, it's kind of lost, and it, yeah. it's like man. Was, it was like their F you to the PG-13. Yeah. Oh, they were yeah. like, okay, we won't put any blood in it. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it's like, ooh. Uh. I'll, I'll have to revisit it. See, that's the one Sam Raimi movie I don't think I own. Like, I just, do I. you have For Love of for love of game, what is you the big, like, <laughs> love of the game? Yeah, you have that. I think so. The no, I don't think movie. there's a the. I think it's for, for love, love of game. game. It's yeah, it's, it's weird it's, title. It is because it? it, yeah. everybody at that time when it came out, it was making fun of the missing the. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I just dragged me to hell. For, I saw it in theaters, and I never thought to own it. Like it just didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. And so I don't know if revisiting it will make me feel different, or if there's a different cut that's. Yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah, that and the gift is another one that's kind of uh, of his that's lost. Yeah, which is a great movie. Well, that's the box office. Well, thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. So I guess it's for this episode. Let's go around the table, and everyone can say where to find them. Uh, this is Dan. You can find me on Twitter, Dan Graney sixty seven G R A N E Y. This is Brad. You can find me on Facebook at the League of Show Shares or on ReviewSTL.com. And this is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. If you'd like to continue the conversation online, uh, you can chime in at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers or on the League of Show Shares Facebook group. Uh, lots of conversation goes on over there throughout the week, and we would love to have you be a part of it. Or become a league. Or become a league. <laughs> a whole become league. a league all on your own and compete with a us. A league unto yourself. Yes. You could be our arch nemesis. We, we can have competing <laughs> leagues. <Yeah. laughs> so uh, also don't forget we're available on iTunes. Go there, rate, review, subscribe. So uh, that's it for this episode. Coming up with the next one, we will tackle hostels. Until then, you've been warned. Yeah. 20 nights in the ice is a long time when there's hostels on the Cause I'm a mile high and I'm the scariest. I ride so hard, I got you tripping. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.